You're in tune to the Fusebox Radio Broadcast. Uh, turn the music up inside my session. These folks gotta hear my message. Bringing balanced black radio to the masses. Hey y'all, what's going on? This is DJ Fusion of the Fusebox Radio Broadcast. This week we got a little bit of extra bonus content for y'all podcast listeners of the radio show. This past week I had a great interview with Lena Babel of the Keep It 100 Girl podcast where we touch base on a lot of stuff from our different experiences in terms of what would you tell somebody who's a woman who's coming up in their 20s. And we talk about everything from relationship type of things to sex to just plenty, plenty more. So, yep, this is a little bit of a show right here that's going to be pretty interesting. So, if anybody's ever wanted to pick my mind or you think they're like, hey, what's up with this chick besides playing a whole bunch of music and talking about a whole bunch of black folk topics from pop culture to politics, well, you're going to definitely get that on this bonus content part of the show. Check out the fine folks of the Keep It 100 Girl podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and plenty, plenty more. You can also go to Nina Babel, that's N-I-N-A-B-A-B-E-L.com for more information about her, the podcast, and a lot of the other great business ventures that she is into. And as always, you can check out what's going on with the Fusebox Radio broadcast family at our official website, which is FuseboxRadioOnline.com. That's F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. And at our official blog site, BlackRadioIsBack.com. All of our contact information is on there if you want to reach out to us about different types of news stories, send us music, you want to try to get have us come through and do some press coverage, DJ gives the entire nine, is right up on those sites. And via social media, you can hit us up at twitter.com slash fuseboxradio, facebook.com slash fuseboxradioshow, one word for our like page, facebook.com slash fuseboxradio for my personal page. And pretty much everything else ends with Fusebox Radio. So Instagram.com slash Fusebox Radio, Vimeo.com slash Fusebox Radio, so forth and so on. If you like our podcast, please give us a four or five star rating via your favorite player of choice for podcasts, such as iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, Podbean, and plenty more. As always, shout out to our fine folks who host our podcast and have been hosting it for just about over... Just about a decade, which has been Podomatic. And of course, thank to you, all of y'all wonderful listeners who check us out each and every week. Whether you're the old school who've been rolling with us since 1998 when we started out at Rutgers University Radio. Or if you're brand new and through a podcast recommendation, just searching for stuff, whatever, you stumbled into us. So yeah, definitely love and appreciation to you all. The Fusebox Radio, always here to bring the balance back to black radio each and every week with a diverse mixture of talk and music from the black diaspora and opinion from myself and my co-hosts as black Americans and all that good stuff. So let's go ahead and get into this bonus content here. Um, interview with Nina Babel of the Keep It 100 podcast where we get into everything that we would advise people from our experience to try to get into and maybe try to avoid in their 20s. And the podcast is going to pretty much start off with me um, just getting into the relationship deals and whatnot in terms of my experiences in my 20s and more. So sit back, relax, listen, and enjoy. All right. Peace. Involved or anything like that? Oh, 
or your life being in a dangerous situation type of thing. If you can get out of something that's just not good, or even if the two of you are just there like, yeah, we're just kind of going through the motions on the most benign end of things, you might just want to get out and be like, this is not working. Sometimes it, things just don't work, and we at times had to supersede our egos to be like, it's not working. Let's move on before, you know, maybe the both of us get like, go from, man, it might be awkward for a little bit, then maybe we're good acquaintances or just move on in our own lives to just being angry and bitter and sad and all that, and having that drag you down personally right? for a minute. Because that residue from past relationships does have an effect. Yes. It definitely does, you know. Um, it's just more of like the matter of what kind can it be. You can be like, well, that was a lesson, <laughs> and you keep it moving. Or, dang, this is really clouding my vision from maybe something else that potentially could be cool. And this is not just talking about another relationship. This could be you just going about your day-to-day. Because you're just looking at people, and you're just, like, not in the right headspace. Or you're heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And heartbreaking manifests in a lot of, lot of bugged-out ways. Yeah. So, you know. I think... It's trying to avoid as much heartbreak as possible while still being able to function in the world is a major thing that if you can remotely get anywhere and you're getting a bachelor's, much less a PhD in it in your 20s, you're going to avoid a whole lot of crap. (laughs) You're going to avoid a whole lot of nonsense. But I don't know if that's also a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing you're pursuing your education, but then at the same time, it's like you're kind of sheltering yourself from those experiences, which you're not able to have, let's say, assuming, you know, you're done your PhD in your late 20s, and then you start dating. I mean, you're already limiting the pool right there, right? Because you know, once you start getting in your 30s, the pool gets smaller. And then it gets smaller (laughs) as you get older. It it goes through that mystery shrinkage. Right. Um, I think I'm I'm just one of those people I'm like overall life is a real thing about balance and that sounds so cliche but it's true but I don't think that you're going to be balanced if you're not really being yourself you're not pursuing what you really want you know like yeah you can be let's say you're getting into your um, higher education studies late you're going to still have to do your classwork and other types of stuff, but you're going to still need to have to chill just so you can be sane enough to do your classwork and right. do your nine to five mm-hmm. and do other stuff. And that could be a part where you do incorporate, you know, social type of things in terms of dating or just going out in groups or with your friends or whatever have you. Like you're going to have to be able to balance out all of that, but ultimately you're still going to have to be real in terms of what do I want? Who am I? What am I getting into? Because, I mean, if you're not doing that, because life is full of compromises, you don't want to compromise yourself so hard from the gate. And I definitely know, like, early teens and other stuff, at least for myself, I kind of did that. And I was like, wow, that was really stupid. I luckily didn't get too thrown off in terms of life path type of stuff. But it's like, Jesus Christ, I was really pretending I was into Dipset back in the 90s because this dude liked Dipset and going to these stupid ass shows where they couldn't rhyme for shit so this type of stuff (laughs) you were like a 
Sounds like you were accommodating a situation where you had no business accommodating. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I accommodated um, quite a bit from um, some various people because that's the thing. And that's one of these where I'm just like, I'm a big advocate for balance. It's like you don't want to not give people and other situation chances. Like they're into this. I'm into this. It could be two diametrically opposed things, but Hey, if you're really into this, yeah, I'll, I'll go to your event. You know what I'm saying? I've had people who've gone to my music events and other types of stuff who are just there. Like I am so not into this type of music, but I want to see what you're into because that's what you're into. Right. Like you can have that, but then you can also have the, wow, you have no talent, but I'm in the studio with you for <laughs> long, and you're trying to get your tunes onto my show, and I'm like, that's an embarrassment, and you're acting like a jerk on top of all of that, because maybe you don't got this thing going on, but you could at least not be a jerk, you know, so, you know, when you start accommodating too much stuff and things pile up, it just always ends up being worse than it could be, you know. And then when you get involved with some people, I think you do have to be honest. Some people, and it sounds really kind of cruel or crass to a degree, depending on how people look at it. Some people aren't meant to be your relationship. Some people are meant to be your boyfriend or girlfriend. Some people might be meant to be an acquaintance or that fun time. They might just be meant to be your jump off and that's it. You're forcing a relationship that's not going to be a thing. Have or you they ab- may be trying to force a relationship that's not going to be a thing. Have you ever ghosted anybody? Have I ever ghosted anybody? Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Okay. I like I like clean cuts. Okay. Even if it's just a, you know, even if it's as much little as a, I'm sick of your shit, I'm out. I did my cut. You know, ghosting is one of those things. I do understand it. I think probably it's harder in this age to do it, even if you wanted to. <laughs> Why? Um, I, I would think it's easier. I think it's kind of cruel for yourself and the person who's involved. Unless they're literally putting your life in danger. Mm. Okay, what if he's... Putting your life in danger on the physical end or whatever else, and you have a way to ghost out, that may be the main way of um, doing it. But yeah, there's been people who I'm just pretty much they're like, no, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. I'm out. See ya. And then, right, then I just go to radio silence. Because I'm done. Right. What am I supposed to do when I'm done? But radio silence. Right. If they try to get annoying or something, there's that wonderful block button on Facebook, Twitter, and apps for your cell phone, and yes. all that good stuff, you know? Thank goodness for those. Thank goodness for technology. <laughs> yeah. Some technology I'm sure people have thought which, which existed back in the day. Oh, yeah. Which you didn't even that long ago, actually. Five to ten years ago, they probably was like, damn, I wish this thing was a thing. Right. And now it is. Right. Um. So tell me about, like, the first time you got your heart broken. Ooh, first time I got my heart broken. Um. The first person I was involved with for a long period of time in college, um, I am black American and um, he was West Indian and his parents did not like the fact that I was a black American. Mm. And he did not stick up for me and that really um, fucked me up. 
for a bit of time. Yeah. And that was the first time I've ever ran into that. Um, okay. I grew up in Prince George's County, um, Maryland area. Uh-huh. So that's, um, for those who may be listening, and I know, um, and even to this day, it's mostly black America, but then you have a mix of other cultures and stuff. Um, I went to school in New Jersey at Rutgers, and that's when I ran to just like a way more diverse population of people in my day to day. And um, that's where I had met my first ex. And um, I think his family gave him pressure and everything ended up getting distant and um, breaking up and stuff. And yeah, that was my first really, wow, I feel the stereotypical some kind of way about all of this type of thing. Um, And that was like the, that was the big crux of it where I'm just there like, so A... I've never ran to this particular kind of discrimination before, much less in between folks within, to me, the black diaspora. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't like a crappy individual or dragging nobody down or nothing like that. And um, the fact that I was not even stuck up for, where it's like, well, damn, the, the worst thing you can say about me is that I'm a black American. And we've been involved in doing other stuff. And, you know, your mom and dad are being really shitty about it. Wow. That, that, that blew me. That right. definitely blew me. Right. That's something that would be tattooed in your brain. Yeah. It's, um, well, definitely was one of those things where I'm just like, wow, so this mess is actually a thing. And, um, it's one of those things that you may or may not be able to avoid depending on how um, stuff goes and all of that. But that was when I was maybe a smooth 19. Okay. 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, I was just like, wow, y'all suck terribly. <laughs> and to a degree, from some stuff I found out later on, I was like, that was a blessing in disguise from the universe and or your deity of choice. But it was like, damn, that that was some um, devastating stuff right there. I think what you said is a good lesson. Like, people don't understand when these roadblocks occur, bumps to the road, and you don't know the grass is greener on the other side. It's like everything happens for a reason. As much as it hurts sometimes, you're not going to be able to see until whether it's a month, two, one year, six months, whatever the case may be, that, you know what, I'm glad it happened. You know, I'm glad we are no longer because of A, B, C, A, B, C, D. And I, I understand you know, I'm not saying what's right, but being a Caribbean person, I, I know what I know where they're going, <laughs> the parents. Um, I'm not saying it's right, um, but, you know, it could be a generation thing. I don't think that is a more of a regular occurrence in today's world. But, um, you know, there is some of that going on. Yeah, and it was one of those things I had to run into because it wasn't one of those things where I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm never dealing with anybody else again. It did not, was not that way at all. Uh-huh. But it was definitely one of those things where I'm just like, wow, that generational nonsense is real. And the funny thing was when I ended up talking and meeting other people later on in my life, it was just like, oh, yeah, some people are that way and some people don't give three shits about it. <laughs> right, know? right. It's just, you know, a thing that may or may not happen. I mean, my next um, ex, I was on a really healthy relationship with for about four plus years. 
all that was fine and uh, he was you know from the caribbean so that wasn't a thing with his family exactly the person i was involved with right that was a thing so i think that's also another lesson we may have to learn too where if you're going through that herd you don't want to paint that brush on everybody just because this person of this background and of this socioeconomic standards might have been an asshole it doesn't mean that everybody in that background is an asshole i think sometimes when you're young you might get a little caught up in the emotions of it right and um what have you and then you know i think in general you really can't do anything about people and their families you know there's people who have interracial relationships who it blows my mind in 2016 but to this day there's some people who just they're like no if you're black you can't marry a white dude why do they love them are they family crazy then who the fuck cares yeah who cares but you know again it's generational type of thing Right and um, scenario. I think depending on other, yeah. Also, had to have a little compassion and look at some other people's experiences. Maybe their parents were that way because of a particular scenario that happened to them, yes. or the stuff that they encountered. At the same token, you kind of got to be there. Like, look, y'all can't be shitty, all right? I can't be in a bad mood because of this other type of stuff. So that's one of those other things where you just got to be really honest with yourself. With that particular relationship I talk about, things were kind of shaky, but not too bad. But that was definitely something that was a big tip over um, for me in terms of the heartbreak scenario. Because I was just there like, damn, this is my first semi-long-term relationship. I'm independent. I'm in another state. And this seems to be good. But wait a minute, it's getting shaky. And oh, now his parents hate me. Not because I'm a piece of crap, but because of this thing that for me seemed arbitrary. You know? And it, it was it was crazy. So that's a nice little summation of my first heartbreak. Okay. And then um, now that you're in your this mid- feels like such a chill therapy session. I know. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> um, talk about the differences. You know, whether it's metabolism, body changes between your twenties and now that you're in your mid thirties that you've noticed with yourself. Um, don't eat a whole lot of crap if you can avoid it, because it will come back to you eventually. Um, that in 20s, you can go ahead and be like, oh, girl, it's four in the morning. I'm hungry. Let's eat a whole pizza and some wings together and sleep for two hours and then go to our first period class and work and then party and drink and do the same thing over and over again. I don't know about everybody else. I can't do that in my 30s. Not even because I would necessarily feel physically bad per se on certain levels but because my body's like yo that entire you know team no sleep thing is some bullshit you were able to do that back in the day right now if nothing else you need at least a good four to five hours of deep sleep if not eight that's maybe your weekend or whatever and um then keep it moving um I say if you're already in, in terms of like a basic fitness thing now, this doesn't mean that you got to eat like kale every single day, but you know, try to be as balanced as you can with the food and the stuff that you eat. It does have an effect on you, even if it's just you waking up, up the next morning and feeling a bit sluggish and um, all of that. Some form of exercise is good. You might not have to be a gym rat, but even if you just do some decent walks, runs, whatever type of exercise makes you comfortable, it's not going to go on ahead and hurt you later on because that metabolism slowdown thing, 
is super duper real for a lot of folks. And um, luckily for me, it didn't affect me physically too much. But there's definitely little things that you notice where you're just there like, nah, I can't do this. Them, um, them long drinking binges back in the day. <laughs> Um, when you get older, you're probably just there like, so I need to have some food and some water before we get into drinking. And even then, <laughs> there might be a certain amount of drinking. Yes. Hopefully when you get older, you're drinking better stuff. Right. Which would be another thing. I understand we're all broker when we're younger. But that stuff that's in that plastic bottles, don't drink none of that if you can't avoid it. There's a reason why Everclear is like in a big gallon and it's talking about it's highly flammable and it's dumb cheap. That means you're not probably supposed to drink it save your coins get something a little better to drink and you know don't overdo it to the point where you're earling all the time or whatever else get your buzz be happy because i'm sure there's people in their 20s if they're being perfectly honest with themselves, you just they're like yeah i took it a little too far yeah and yeah that that hangover slash other stuff is not cute luckily in my life i only like threw up drinking three times it was all because i was very stupid <laughs> And then eat beforehand and do other types of stuff. And I was, like, so miserable the next day. Wow. So I was like, yeah, let's let's not do that. Right. Lord knows, you don't want to be doing that in your 30s, guys. You really, really don't. People are going to look at you like you're out of your mind and out of your ward. Right. Um, yeah, man, I just say, um, if you're not on the path now, just try to be on the path where you treat yourself better. Like they say, you only got one body to, you know, maintain and live with and all that type of stuff. And... Nobody's saying you can't have your, you know, your fun. And maybe depending on where you're at in life, your experimentation, but you really got to be careful with all of that uh, type of stuff. I've unfortunately known some individuals who went a little too far up in their 20s. And because of that, they just got on the path of sobriety in their 30s. Mm. It's not to make everything all dark and whatever have you. It's just being very, very honest, you know. Um, with some of these things with um food drink drugs and um all of that um yeah just be careful and try to be in a good mental space when you're doing any of it including eating you know you can do i don't know about yourself but you can get to the, I, I back in the day i did the depressed eating thing at times to explain like, that you have, explain that like if you're feeling like sad or whack or some kind of way you eat like I was never, and to this day, I've never really been the biggest of drinkers, mostly because I'm a music addict. I'd rather buy music than I buy booze or other type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and other drugs, quite frankly, scared the crap out of me that did not come from the ground. So I was like, absolutely not. Um, but with food sometimes, I think when people talk about depressed eating, like you'll just eat something because you're depressed. Like, let me get something sweet or order, you know, a meal or whatever have you. You're not even really hungry. It's almost like something else to do. Mm. It's almost another distraction. And that in itself can literally physically um, affect your body in a bad way. I mean, you're eating a bunch of stuff that you probably shouldn't be eating. And if you're not, like, moving around doing certain stuff, especially like, if you're depressed, because um, depression is a very real thing, and that's another thing I could tell folks in their um, 20s and other ages, there's no need to be ashamed if something is mentally off or imbalanced and you need help, reach out for help. Whether it's um, therapy, talking to family, friends. If you had to see that maybe you have a health issue or whatever have you, definitely do that. 
Like, don't make people act like you got to tough up, toughen up and be okay. You know, everything isn't about just toughening up. Like, I think within our communities, especially uh, within the black community, sometimes people try to push that type of stuff to the side in terms of mental health. But that was a, a, a side topic or whatever. No, it's relevant, but, um, yeah. actually. It's actually very relevant. To, I'm going to include it, actually, in this episode I'm going to publish tomorrow because I had a piece on that myself, but I think you just, uh, you know, took it up another level as well. Yeah, that's one of those things. Um, Yeah, man, like certain stuff is not going to be certain pain you might be going through is not going to be healed by eating a lot or drinking a lot or being involved with people on a physical level a lot or whatever have you. A lot of stuff could have so many other things going on, but that's not going to be what makes you feel better for a long period of time. And I saw various people in their 20s getting into those type of habits to dull other deeper pains from their lives. And that can really mess with you later on. And I'm very happy to know people who have gotten past that um, through all kinds of means. But to not even have to go on that journey is probably the best thing if you can avoid it, you know. Like, there were some people I know it got really frightening for them for a minute where it's like, damn, like, they seem really super gone right now because of um, alcoholism or um, a hard drug addiction or whatever had you. But they were able to make it through. And I do know some people who unfortunately did not make it through and died. So, yeah, man, um, food, drink, all of that, enjoy in moderation. And if you start feeling like that's going to, um, it's covering up something deeper than you just being hungry or wanting to feel high for a second or whatever have you, try to get help as soon as you can. And if you see that happening to somebody else too, ultimately individual makes their own choices. But if you see that with somebody else, try to help them out. Or steer them to some help. So, sorry to have it get all dark on that end. No, no, no. This is relevant. Um, And I'm trying... Excuse me. And I'm trying to just put things out there for you to talk on. So, the next thing I have is... um, So, we all... I think every woman, to their own fault, always says or thinks, this guy is the one. Yep. So I want you to walk us through who you thought were the was the one and just that whole scenario of what you know now versus then. Oh man, um that's that's a question. <laughs> um the one I think Wait, hold on. Myself, Define sorry. what your how you interpret the one okay um I have interpreted the one the only the, the sun to my moon all of that type of nonsense um I usually just identify with certain traits and ignore the other part of the person like I'm a creative so I'm naturally attracted I think to other creatives I'm also a person who's really into um, 
history, politics, and certain kinds of activism. So those type of individuals have also been a big, you know, thing I've always loved as well. And when I've dealt with other people and I thought they were the one, it wasn't necessarily like, here's a physical trait and these other things. I think I usually focused on one thing I was really into and I ignored the other parts. And um, that is very detrimental. <laughs> um, I had an individual who actually, yeah, who I thought was the one, they were very, um, probably one of the most brilliant people I've ever known. Super into um, activist causes, um, very artistic and all of that. But it was one of those things where I'm just there like, they had their own issues to deal with that I just had no capacity to deal with. And then we're a rather angry individual about a lot of stuff where it's like, we're dealing with each other and it's cool, but so when you due say- to my rose-colored glasses, I'm not dealing with the aspect that you, even you at this juncture of your life see, see this as just being purely temporary because of the life things that you dealt with So they were, they were angry, and so explain the angry part of their personality. It was driven by what? Anger from things from their own personal family experiences and stuff. And overall, an anger at what almost felt like at the time um, at the world. And this is funny because this is one of my exes who is literally one of my best friends in the entire world right now. And um, we both, I think, have grown so much in a period of time where we tried a relationship thing and um, it did not work. But it was because the parts that I think we looked at each other as being the one, we still weren't remotely healed from scars from our past. And things like if you're sad or angry at stuff, I think you're more likely to lash out about certain stuff. And you're not really being clear or honest or even remotely sensitive to the other individual with how y'all communicate with each other. Like when you might be angry at something that could be like dumb small or whatever, and it escalates to a huge high point. It's like, well, that was completely unnecessary. Like that, um, Anchorman meme is like, well, that escalated quickly. It's like, well, why did that even go down and occur? But that was a lot of it could be, and I think I look at it, it could have just been because we weren't mature enough to deal with those type of interactions at our stages of being in different relationships. And um, also, I think just not being honest with ourselves, like, with us having had a friendship beforehand, I think that helped us out in terms of it not being a bad breakup but still being really cool to this day. Um, there were things that we have actually had conversations about and look back where we're just there like, damn, I wish I did know I was this particular way because some stuff when I was younger messed with me and I never really was honest enough to confront that, whether it was to myself or via therapy or depending on the individual um, spiritual path or whatever have you it just ended up manifesting in a bad way when you were just interacting with another person um, 
I do think they're a really good individual, and I think that ultimately they can find somebody that's good for them. I don't necessarily know if that's going to ever be me again or not, but, um... But what made you at that time feel like he was the one? Like, you've, you've talked about... I guess, Um, what led to the demise of the relationship and even after trying. So I want to get into your head. Like, what made you think initially before going through all the stuff you went through that he was the one? Or And how would that differ, not just with this individual, but if you were to call somebody the one now, what would be the difference between then and now? Um... What made me think of the one then was that um, we clicked very well. Like, I'm one of these people who I guess I'm relatively introverted. And I don't like to saying love at the first sight because I think that's so corny <laughs> or whatever. But, um, like, literally the first time we met, it was just a really good connection. It was a really good, you know, back and forth. And it was like, oh, you, you dig this, I dig this too, this, that, and the third. You know, you have more encounters where you're just chilling and just they're like, hey, this is okay. You know somebody for a period of time. Then it's like, let's, you know, maybe we need to see if we can go to this um, other level of stuff. Because you clicked so well on a bunch of foundational things that wasn't, weren't just, I guess, surface. Like, you did know, certain surface things. You'd be like, I like Maxwell, I like Maxwell too, but that doesn't mean you're gonna be my man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was like other types of um, stuff. Where we're just there like, wow, this is amazingly fluid, I guess. This is really working out good. Besides the fact that I was like, oh, we get along, and you're kind of cute too. That's a, a plus, you right. know? Right. And um, all of that. And, um, yeah, like, I think for me, again, if that person is around or exists or is manifesting somewhere, um, the connection is a really big thing for me. Just because I don't connect with a lot of people. I only have so many folks, oh, I'm truly like, I'm really close to you as a friend or whatever have you and all of that. Um, Do you use that as a baseline, that connection part? Like, do you find yourself comparing to your detriment or do you because you know I find in your 20s you're more open and innocent to those connections but as you age it's kind of like you're more looking at it through one eye like trying to find a fault or whatever um um I still think connection is important I, I think because you're older and you've been with other experiences you know, you're, you're kind of just trying to, you know, peek through and make sure that this isn't just somebody who just looked really in-depth at your social network. Right. <laughs> things, you know? Right. But um, I do think connection is important. I think a lot of real connection, you really can't fake it, you know? We're just there like, wow, I'm actually super comfortable with this um, individual. I don't think... I don't think I would ever be mad at being able to connect with somebody well. I just think it's more of the aspect of, again, let me be honest with myself. Are we just connecting on surface things and that's why I'm comfortable? Or do I really gotta, do I really <clears throat> have a good vibe from this person? Is there something that really feels right and proper? Because while we talk about instinct in terms of 
you know, fight, you know, fight or flight situations. Sometimes you got to add in your intake in terms of, let me just chill the hell out because this actually feels okay. I know if worse comes to worse, I could boogie, you know, or I could do whatever else. Um, and even on antidotal basis is when I, you know, people who I've known for a long time who are in relationships and other stuff, stuff now, I don't ever not hear the connection talk. The most you might hear is, okay, I met him at an event, and man, it was cool, but later on, we got to talk at a building or whatever, and it was actually like, wow, you're kind of cool. There's the connection, you know? Um, I don't think the bad things I went through was because of a lack of a, gen- of a, of a genuine connection on some levels. I think it was a matter of how deep the connection was. Some connections were just very surface whether it was you know one or two things we had in common or you know i'm attracted to you you're attracted to me and that's the only connection and everything else ain't really that serious afterwards right um type of deal it's recognizing what your connection is with my ex who i'm extremely cool with now we had multiple types of um connections and that's probably why we ended up even being friends, much less going into anything else. You know, I think when you get older, it's just you having to be more honest with yourself where it's like, do I really think them because they're cool or whatever, or do I dig them because they're hot? Right. <laughs> and, you know, and that's it. Or because they're hot and I'm horny. And that's it. Because, <laughs> yeah, you, you got to be honest with yourself, man. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of times, especially at this age range, some people aren't being honest. Where it's like, you know this guy ain't right, right? You just want to get it in, right? Or a girl, depending on what you're into, or whatever. So, maybe you just want to be honest with them and just be like, there's that. Because if you're trying to force up, that's not going to happen. You're just there like, yeah, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. But getting it in is good. It's like, nah, B. That's, that's going to probably be disastrous if the both of y'all are being very honest about that. If y'all are honest about it, have fun. You know? But I think when you get to the older age range, at least from some things I've observed, some people almost try to force themselves into a scenario because you're kind of taught that you're a loser if you're not in the couple at a certain age. Wait, repeat that? You're taught you're a you're loser? Almost, I, th- I think society almost tells you that you're a loser mm-hmm. if you're not in a particular scenario at a particular age, but especially if you're a woman. You know, like... It's, it's, it's very interesting to be at the age range where I'm at right now where I'm like I don't have kids or any other type of issue like that some people just they're like wow that's cool that's awesome other people just they're like what's the matter with you you don't got no kids like I didn't know I was supposed to have kids or a past marriage or past relationship or whatever when was that supposed to be the thing I was supposed to have because there was a period in my life maybe 10 years ago it was like wow you don't have kids you ain't get stuck with a, a baby's pops congratulations now just they're like, well, you're getting, you ain't getting any younger. It's like, well, shit, I thought I was born in a womb. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think I, no, I was supposed to be with some, literally just with somebody. Not happy with somebody, but with somebody because you feel that that's the right thing. And I think society as a whole on the mainstream level is loosening up on that. And various parts of the black community are loosening up on that. But it's still kind of weird running to somebody of an older generation. More so the old generation than my generation. Who's just there like, 
well, dang, you, you's an old maid. Like, what the fuck? Because I'm not miserable? Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm not supposed to be in? I'm an old maid? Right. Well, let me be an old maid right now, because, you know, I, I'd still like to believe I get with somebody who's down for me, and I'm down for them in a nice complimentary way, and if we're meant to pass on our DNA, we do, or adopt a child, since there's, Lord knows there's so many children that need some care and t- affection on that end. <laughs> and, um, all of, um, that type of stuff like this mid-30s is a very it's a very very weird point i think in a lot of people's lives because i'm not quote unquote old enough where they're just they're like well dubs the breaks but i'm not young enough where just they're like yeah i might want to just date every once in a while do whatever else where people just they're like dating what makes you think that you're gonna be even be able to get dates ain't you kind of old it's like old what I don't got a cane yet. You know what I'm saying? I broke my leg back in the day, but I'm not limping. I mean, what what is this old? But, um... Let's talk about that some more because, you know, in your 20s, um, you have no concept of time. And then, like you just described, people are telling you at your age that you don't have any time left. And... I honestly think that's bullshit in so many ways and levels. I think partially because I'm of the belief that you probably really don't remotely get to knowing yourself and comfortable to yourself till you're probably in your mid to late 20s. Maybe even 30 because you've gone through certain life experiences. You're kind of getting a shape of yourself and how you're comfortable as an individual and as a functional adult and what have you the only thing i think that is more limited is yeah you're getting older and some more people are probably in long-term relationships and or married and don't get me wrong that can be a bit annoying because you would be like oh, i'm having a pleasant conversation i'm pretty damn sure because you seem to be a little more confident than most people you're probably involved or married ding 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 i'm absolutely correct okay well that's the breaks you know um, I think you want to get to the point where you don't want to, you know that, you know, time is ultimately a finite thing or whatever, but there are people who don't get into marriages and comfortable who might be in their 40s and 50s. You know, you can't just be there like, well, if this doesn't happen between 23 to 33, I'm doomed to just march me to the cave of spinsters and and, and the lonely people. <laughs> and um the island of misfit of toys exactly like <laughs> well you had your time and now you're outmoded be gone with the commodore 64s and all that no you know you're a human being you know and there's other human beings who are going through their own scenarios and situations and you got to remember that this world is bigger than the county city state or maybe even country that you live in in regards to the potential of finding that other person who may be the right one for you if you even want to be in that kind of relationship. You might be at the point in your face like, I don't necessarily want to be in that right now. And hopefully you're that old and honest where you can just tell other people that so you can be in whatever the best relationship is for you. As it's interesting to me where I look at certain stuff now that they're like, some people aren't in monogamous relationships and they're wild happy. But you're always taught that a monogamous relationship is it. 
you know what I'm saying? And while I'm like, that's not my particular scenario, if you're happy, what the hell can I say? What can can I say to you? You're if y'all fr- be truly honest with yourselves. Are you referring then, to open relationships? It would have to be a definition of open that works for me as well as for the other person. No, but when you say when you say not monogamous, are you referring to people that are happy in open relationships? Um, when you... I would say I would say more polygamous relationships, like an open relationship. I guess it could technically be defined that way. Um, I look at open relationships in terms of if y'all are involved in that, you have to be literally really open about what you can or can't do. Some people get in these relationships and they're completely fine with it. Some people don't. But I think from my life observance, when I've seen people who've been in an open relationship and it hasn't worked, it was because right from the gate, they weren't really honest with themselves in terms of what made would make them comfortable in an open relationship. Like some men or women are like, I want to be in an open relationship. That means I get to do whatever I want and you got to sit back and chill. Some people ain't going to be down for that. You know what I'm saying? Likewise, some people are going to be down for, well, if you get to do this, I might not be, you know, trying to be on a tit for tat thing with you all the time. But if I'm interested in somebody one time and you're doing like 15 times and you get mad at me for the one time, that's not going to be balanced. Like, you're going to have to be very open in terms of how y'all look at sexuality as well as your emotions. And that's a very, very, very adult conversation. <laughs> to have that some adults are not comfortable with having would it work for me honestly I'm one of those people where I'm just here like look um, if you still just want to do your thing and not have an emotional attachment we can just do our thing let's not even get to this other point if you really want to make this a thing if you think I'm going to just sit back that's ridiculous and let's not even go there. But um I don't necessarily see that being my thing. The things we do as a couple, that might be different. But who knows, man, this this world is weird. I might run to somebody where they're good in every way and, and that and that could be awesome, but I'm gonna still wanna do something if you do something. Maybe that makes me petty. But oh well. <laughs> I'm just that um type of person um open relationships polygamous relationships all that type of stuff i think that's still a thing where y'all's y'all's communication levels had to be on your show is keeping 100 y'all 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 conversation had to be 100 times 100 (laughs) to make um that work in any way where all parties are truly comfortable with themselves and not feeling forced to be in those relationships because some open relationships I've observed that didn't work was because somebody was like, I don't really feel I have a choice but to be in this. And um, that ultimately would cause conflict. Um, end of the day with those type of things, um, I don't know. I think it's one of those things you got to really be honest about what's your intent. If you're just trying to get it in. Maybe y'all, y'all as a couple can get it in. I, I don't know how that, that would work, you know, but y'all have to be really, 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 really about it. I can't doubt those relationships because if you're happy, who the hell am I to say what for you to do or whatever. But um, I don't.
don't think anybody should get into those because they want to have their cake and eat it too. And I think that would be my worry, honestly, with open relationship. Where it's like, I got somebody at the house who can cook and clean and do this other stuff and getting it in with them is good, but I can still do some side stuff. Nah, B, that's, that's not how it works. You know, we, we can't have a legal tie and you're doing this other stuff if both parties literally cannot be mutually satisfied um, on these other levels. It's It's a real complicated scenario. Like, for me right now, I can't see it happening, but I don't know shit. For me right now, I can't see it happening. Right. Okay, so one more question. So when it comes to sex, name something in your opinion that you should not, that women should not compromise on. Oh, getting satisfied. You better get an orgasm. What's the point? Seriously, (laughs) what is the absolute point yes it's good to please somebody else to do whatever else but why would you go through all of god knows how many motions and not you know have yourself be um satisfied you know what i mean like you need to have somebody who's a considerate lover as well as being a considerate lover to somebody else if they aren't about that um and you care about that Mind you, um, if you really care about that, you better get that together with somebody. Because that's a whole other way somebody can um, be really assholey and dickish. And that's just another level of stress that most people in their lives really don't need to deal with or be bothered. Um, weird thing on that level um know your body know the stuff that you're into know the stuff that you may or may not want to try you know sometimes have those conversations with the person that you're dealing with because ultimately if you're both good on that end then that's that's great you know but you don't want to be that person who's like um homegirl in um way takes hell who's like i should have had a b8 you should what you should have a what like, you don't want to be, like, homegirl in that way to exhale part where they were, like, had sex and they were like, I should have had a V8. Oh. When they were just there, like, oh, hmm. So, something happened, apparently, but I wasn't really into that, you know? At all. I'm thinking about grocery lists while you're doing this. You're not supposed to want to be that way. Right. It's never that serious for sex. Hormones rage, and when you get older, Lord knows they're going to rage more. <laughs> Is that, what, is that what you're finding now? Oh, yeah. Beyond, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, I'm just here like, oh, this is cute. So this would last till I'm about 45, which might be another reason why people are like, I need to get with somebody because these damn hormones are yeah. pain. Right. <laughs> and whatever. Right. But, um, yeah, in all seriousness, like, a healthy sexual relationship is a really, really um, good thing to have. And that's another thing where a lot of it just comes down to um, communication and, you know, seeing what y'all are into and all of that type of stuff. And, you know, not necessarily being rude about it. Like, that was whack. Get the fuck out. You don't necessarily want to be that way. But, you know, you kind of got to be like, yeah, you know what you may want to, you know, try next time or get into or whatever, whatever, because 
sex should be relaxing. It should be fun. It should be in the most perfect scenarios, a physical and mental union with another person. Um, it shouldn't be selfish or the stereotypical wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, or you do all of this and I do next to nothing and you're just there like, well, huh. Well, my bed's wet, but I'm not enjoying myself. You don't want to have that, you know? So, um, were you like that in your 20s? Were you able to initiate those conversations or you just felt like, like, or did you ever fake it or... But then, you know, I guess as you got older through various experiences, you were able to articulate to your partner. Um, I think I got better with articulating such a thing when I got older. Younger, honestly, that wasn't necessarily as much of an issue as them being jacked up in the head. The sex was fine to good, but the um, other parts, not so much. Um, and then, you know, the long-term relationships, I think, were the thing that got me in more of a comfort zone in terms of being there, like, hey, you know, sometimes you get blunt. Oh, so what do you like in this regard? What do you like in that regard? Okay, um, hmm, does this look interesting? You want to give that a go? Okay, you know. Right. Hey, let's go to the sex shop. Right. I've all what people are into, like, oh, you're into, really? You're really into that? Oh, okay. Hmm, all right. Which, you know. Yeah, you go shopping. Hmm? So you go shopping together. Yeah, you do do the shopping together, you know? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you can look at something and you're like, oh, okay, I I see eyeballing that thing a little hard. So (laughs) so, so what's that about, you know? Right. What you thinking about with that? You know, that, that could be, like, real fun to do. And at least in my relationships and the relationships I've known with other people, you rarely get a, nah, I don't feel like going to the sex shop with you. <laughs> right. This type of talk, like, yeah, man, so listen, I'm thinking about going to whatever, whatever. Word, let's go. <laughs> you know, like, that's probably the easiest thing you might do if somebody's remotely physically attracted to you is being there, like, let's go to the sex shop. Much less if you're in a, you know, relationship and y'all probably already done various things. Or whatever. But, um, a uh, healthy sexuality where both parties mutually respect each other and want to have them want to give enjoyment and pleasure to each other is a really, really good thing. And if you're younger and you're not so comfortable with that, I'd recommend getting comfortable with that because you're going to learn, you know, things about yourself that you like and don't like. And um, you're going to want to nip stuff you don't like in the bud as soon as you can. And again, it doesn't mean you got to be rude about it or whatever have you, but there's multiple ways y'all can have these conversations and hopefully up people's game, as it were, on that level. Okay, so let's um, let's give some advice to some 20-year-olds about how to initiate those conversations. Um, man, there are so many ways, depending on how y'all get along and get down. Sometimes it could just be the simple. So, yeah, I'm kind of interested in you in this way. Um, What type of things are you into? You know, um, it could be people, if y'all are into the porn watching, y'all watching porn. Oh, so that's what you like with that, what you don't like, all of that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
it could be that if you're in a college town or a place that's nearby that has a sex shop, let's go to the sex shop. Because again, I think 99.9% of the time, if somebody is remotely into you that way, they're not going to be there like, no, I'm a prude. I don't feel like being bothered with that. You will probably have somebody getting a cab or Uber or the car so fast, your head will spin and you will see different stuff. And, you know, you observe what they dig, they can observe what you dig, and y'all can have a whole conversation on top of that. And sometimes you can be in term, you have to have the conversation of what are you not into, you know? Because there could be some things, depending on the person's background, that they're just adverse to. And that could give you an understanding. So if you're into that and they're not into that and you find out that there's a history behind it, you're being respectful to them, which also makes you a respectful lover, you know? And they can be vice versa with you because, unfortunately, life can throw some very bad curveballs on that level in regards to one people and um, their sexuality, depending on traumas they may or may not have gone through, you know? Right. And, um... If y'all just end up being lucky that they're like, I want to try everything and I want to try everything too, then God bless you. And I hope that works out and that mentally and emotionally y'all are tied in too because y'all will probably be the people who are married for a thousand years before you transition and whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you're in your 20s, seriously, um, sometimes you just got to ask. I think people on multiple sides of the field may think they know everything or they don't know nothing, but they're going to try to front like they know things. Something's got to be blunt. Hey, man, have you done this? Have you experienced in this? Again, what do you like? I think that might be the easiest opener. What do you like with that? And what do you like to try? And if you have a comfort zone with yourself, because everybody has comfort zones at different points, if you're comfortable, you'd be like, hey, I'm into this. Is that something you cool with? And, you know, just go from there. Sometimes it's just a very blatant conversation. Nobody's saying you got to get pornographic or mad anatomical in terms of, like, your scientific terms or whatever. But, you know, just talk it through. You'll probably be better off for it. Right. Mary, you've given me so much. Yeah, this is going to be a joy if any of my family runs this conversation. <laughs> it's all good. That's all good. I ain't ashamed of anything I said on here. You shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Um, you might hear. But this has been a joy. This is fun. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm happy to hear that. You can listen to the Fusebox Radio broadcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Podcast Addict, and your other favorite podcast players. Check out the Fusebox Radio's official website for our latest episodes, events, and more at FuseboxRadioOnline.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio Show, Twitter at Twitter.com slash Fusebox Radio, and Instagram at Instagram.com slash Fusebox Radio. Feel free to contact us at FuseboxRadio at gmail.com to submit music for airplay consideration, 